Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. So I have a lot on my mind. You see, I was preparing a series, and I knew I'd have all this time on the plane to do so. And I'm really excited about what the Lord was sharing me. And I had all these details, and I had all of these ideas that I wanted to build off of what I did at Easter. And I I was preparing all of that. I'm preparing all my notes. But something happened. See, last week I was sitting over there, and, and it gave me an opportunity to think and to dwell on God's Word and not have to seek what God is saying for you because somebody else was bringing the Word. Last week we had a missionary from Mexico come and share all about his life and his family's life and and begin to share the word with us. And that's so important for me, church, by the way, as I was talking to one of our our family members today. You know, having a week off to not have to prepare the word is, is very important for me. It gives me an opportunity to study God's word for myself. You know, by the way, God does say things to me for myself, you know. Not all of it's for you guys. And so it gives me opportunity to rejuvenate and an opportunity to think and, and to dwell on God's word. And as I was sitting there listening to his message, the Lord was saying all sorts of things to me. And then on the plane, as I was going, he began to connect some dots in a way that I just thought was, well, miraculous. I can't possibly connect all those dots for you this morning in one service, in one message It would blow your mind, and you probably would be taking so many notes that you wouldn't even make it to lunch, and everybody would be complaining about how hungry they are. So I figured we'd break it up into multiple weeks. Amen? Amen. So what I want to share with you this morning is the start of of a message that's going to go on for a few weeks here, And, and this one is one that I wanted to start with because, in fact, the story was preached as recent as last week. So I ask you for today... And since there's not many of us, I think it will be acceptable. For honoring the Lord's word, I'm going to read 11 verses. Would you mind standing with me this morning? If you have your Bible, that's okay. You can open it to Luke chapter 5. It's the same verses we read last week, in fact. It's Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It goes all the way to verse 11. And I'm going to read it out loud in my story Bible here. That's the New Living Translation. If you have the King James or New King James or NIV, you can follow along. It's the same exact story, almost word for word. So in chapter 5, verse 1 of Luke, it reads, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them there and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of those boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he then sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper, say deeper, and let your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in from the other boat. And soon both boats were filled. Say, both boats. 
were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had just happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that he had caught, as were the others that were with him. Ten, his partners, say his partners. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Heavenly Father, this is your word. Father, this is why we're here, to worship you and to hear your word. Father, we ask that you would speak to us individually, speak to us as a congregation, as a family, inspire us. Father God, let us see your word as you have plainly given it to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Church says? Amen. Amen. You can be seated, church. And as you are, say God is good. And all the time. <laughs> we got it. See, even when I mess you up, just seeing how good you are. So church, I'm going to get into the message here in a second, but I wanted to take a pause. I felt compelled last night to, to add this slide in to remind me before I jump directly into the word today. I wanted to send this picture on the screen. It's a picture of a series of rocks being balanced on another. It's what we refer to as a tipping point. A tipping point. A tipping point is really easy to understand. You see, it's when both sides are equally balanced and neither side is falling over. Church, I believe more strongly than I ever have believed since I've become pastor of Kingsway over the last two years. I believe that Kingsway Christian Center is at such a tipping point. I believe that on one side, you have the opportunity for growth, the opportunity for miracles and signs and wonders, the opportunity for his new vision, for the new future. On the other side, you have regression. You have decline. You have self-agenda. You have death. At one point in time, Kingsway was really struggling. And one side of that equation was a lot heavier than the other side. And things have now balanced out. And we are yet at that tipping point, church. Now, you see, some of you today may be very comfortable at the tipping point, very comfortable where we are, very comfortable with how we're proceeding with church, very comfortable with your church family today. But I am here to tell you that I am not. And I am here to tell you that either is God. You see, God is trying to balance the equation in favor of one side, and that is always of growth of his kingdom, of spreading of his word, of his signs and miracles being shown by the Holy Ghost in this place as it once was, in ways that are innumerable, in ways that I cannot count. But it's going to require us to make sure that we weigh down one side more than the other. It's not going to be easy. You see, what got us here enabled us to balance the scales. What's going to get us into the future is going to require us to give much more. Some of you will not be on board, perhaps. And I'm not talking about changing the worship or adding lights to the, 
the stage, no church. I'm talking about Satan refusing to allow us to come into what God has for us and us standing up and refusing to allow Satan to have his way in this place. And if you are going to go to war with Satan, I tell you, there's going to be some battle scars. But I already know where the victory comes from. Amen? So what is it going to take to balance the scales in favor of the future? What is it going to take? Church, you don't need a sermon to know what it's going to take. If you've been in Kingsway for the last six months, you've heard it a thousand times. You've heard it from the Word. You've heard it from the worship. You've heard it from God speaking through us in prophecy and in spoken Word. We need to go deeper with Christ. We need to go deeper in our personal relationships with God. We need to, in fact, experience Jesus. It is not enough to see him. It is not enough to know him. We must experience him. We must enter into a relationship with him where he influences us and we can hear his voice. Amen? Are you willing to go deeper this morning? So I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to take the exact same sermon, the exact same message that we heard last week, the same verses even, and I'm going to share with you what God now has through the same story for today. And it is deeper. Today, this morning, I encourage you, I'm going to teach. This morning, I'm going to focus. I got my glasses here. I got my comfortable pants on. I'm ready to really get into the Word. Are you? Amen. So if you will, let's look at Scripture. If you have your pens out, I encourage you to write them. If you don't want to write in your Bible because it's sacred, no problem. Use the bulletin. We have place on the back to write things. I highlight and write in my Bible. I do it all the time because God shares things with me, and, and I want to be able to share them with others. So I've made some notes in here, and as I read, the first thing that comes to mind here is I'm looking at verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And then it says, and you can highlight this part, great crowds pressed in. Great crowds pressed in on him. This is the gut check, church. Why are you here this morning? What do you want from church? What do you want from worship? What do you want from the pastor? What do you want from Kingsway? What do you want from God today? Are you here to press in on him? There are a lot of reasons people come to church. They come to church to meet one another. They come to church to get a big donut. We have the best ones in Baltimore County. They come to church to sing on the worship team. They come to church to hear great music. They Maybe they come to church to talk to the pastor or a counselor or a ministry lead. And I'm telling you, while all those things God has given us here at Kingsway, the one thing he wants you to press in on more than any other is him. Not me. Not the worship team, not our, our prayer warriors, not your sponsor or your prayer buddy, to press in on him. Are you willing to press in today, church? Why would you press in on him? Well, let's look what the word says. It says they pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. To listen to the word of God. So for whom are they pressing in on? Well, that is Jesus Christ, of course. For why are they pressing in? Well, it's very simple. To hear him. To hear him. You see, church, in America, it is very difficult to hear anything, in fact. I can't log on to a website without being distracted by 15 different ads. 
I can't log on to my own email without being induced by some type of distraction. I can't tell you in the morning the worst thing I do now, the worst habit that I've created. I don't know how it's happened. I don't know who has taught me this way. But the worst habit that I have created in my life right now is my morning routine when I wake up. Somehow, by the grace of God, I wake up every morning. I'm still figuring that out. You just wake up. How does that happen? We're going to talk about that in weeks to come. But we just wake up. And the first thing I do almost every morning outside of Sunday morning is I reach over and I grab my phone. And I see... I open it and I, I see a bunch of noise. I don't know what I'm expecting to see. Maybe I'm expecting to see a prayer request or somebody who needs my help or somebody who sent me an urgent email or, or maybe there's some tragedy going on in America or some tragedy around the world that I need to be aware of. So I my phone and there's all these notifications and mess. And my day all of a sudden is now clouded with noise. Every morning I tell myself, don't do it, don't do it. I'm getting a little better. It's habit. I'm getting a little better to press in on him. You see, Jesus is trying to speak to you, and often he speaks in a quiet, still voice. The Bible says to be still, to be still, and know that I am God, to know that I am here. And in order to press in to him, you have to remove these distractions and listen to what God is saying to you. More than your ministry, more than your job, more than your family, more than your children can you press in. This is what church is supposed to be about, in fact. Woe be the day when you come into this sanctuary and you hear worship and you hear preaching and the word of God is not used. That day will not happen while I am here, I tell you that. Trust me in that. I know you hear me do a bunch of creative sermons, and I use video drama and all sorts of different creativity, and sometimes the stories seem out there, and you wonder, what is he saying? Make no mistake, everything I say and do with relationship to this church is rooted in the Word of God. Amen? So as we continue here, I want you to think about two boats. In fact, this is, this is the name of my message today, two boats. In verse 2, it says, he noticed Two empty boats. Say two empty boats. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them there. Two empty boats at the water's edge. What does this represent this morning? Well, it doesn't take a Bible scholar to figure out what two empty boats symbolize at the water's edge. Well, when they're empty, they're not being used for what they were designed to be used for. They've been left. They've been abandoned. Or maybe the work for the day has been put on pause. The boats are sitting there on the shore at the water's edge, not actually in the water floating, not doing what they were intended to do. What do these boats represent? Again, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out boats. They represent the ability to do work. These were fishermen boats. So the fishermen get into the boats and they take the boats out into the water and then they fish in the deep parts of the water. Without a boat, it is impossible to fish in the deep parts of the water. At least back then with the nets and the way they did it. And so the boats this morning represent work. Any work that you do. Some of you go and you have a day job. Some of you have a professional day job and you sit behind a desk and you work with a computer. The boat may represent that computer. Some of you may work with your hands and you work with tools. The boat will represent those tools. Some of you drive for a living. Maybe you work for Uber or Lyft and the boats would represent, in that case, a car. Some of you work in the church and you work in ministry. 
The boats would then represent your ministry. I want you to think about what empty boats you have in your life. I want you to think about the times you put those things down, the times that you perhaps have abandoned in some of the work that you used to do. Maybe it doesn't work anymore. Maybe you can't earn a living that way anymore. I want you to think in your mind what you've put your labor to in times past. Now, I want you to think about ministry. Because you see, what we're trying to learn here is work represents ministry as well. Any work you do represents ministry. We're all in ministry, whether you're up here on Sunday morning or not. How, how, how could that be, Pastor? Well, for one, if you go and you work a job and you have income, that income can be used for God's glory or not. Whether you give it to the church or not, you can use that to serve God and be stewards in your budget and to live a debt-free life and to live a life where others can see what good stewardship is like. And then you can have money margin to help others when they are in need. That's a ministry. Or perhaps if, if you're home taking care of your children, teaching them the word of the God, giving them example, you see your home life is a ministry. It doesn't matter what you do. And when you come into this building, everything you do in this building that you put your hand to, whether it's greeting, whether it's praying for someone, whether it's talking about world news, whether it's handing them a, a, a bulletin, it's ministry. And there are times we put those ministries down. There are times where we abandon them or we pause them. That's what's happening here. I also want to point out, as we look at these boats, this next verse. It says, stepping into one of the boats, in verse 3, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So that may seem so obvious to you. I want to read it again, and I want you to think about what the boat was used for, what the boat was designed for, what the boat was always doing every day before this day, and now I want you to think about what the boat's doing right now. Listen to it again. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So then he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Do you see what's happening here, church? In one fail swoop, with the inclusion of Jesus Christ, the boat took on a whole new meaning. The boat, for the first time probably in its life cycle, had become a classroom. The boat wasn't designed to be a classroom. It's not an ideal classroom. It's not even a classroom that if you had to design one, you'd even think about designing it like this. And I don't know how many classrooms around the world are on a boat, but Jesus decided to make this one his classroom. What am I saying? Well, the first thing I'm saying to you, church, is anything that you put your hand to with the inclusion of Jesus Christ can be a ministry and can be a really powerful one. Anything that you are doing in your life can be a ministry for Jesus Christ. It just requires you to include him. And here's the interesting part. Here's the interesting part. It says, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, do you think Jesus needed Simon's permission to get in that boat? Do you think Jesus needed Simon to help him push that boat into the water? No. Jesus was a grown man. He asked Simon, why did Jesus ask Simon? Today and this morning, Jesus Christ is inviting you. He's inviting you into your ministry. He's inviting you into your own workplace. 
into your own life to transform it into something he can use for something far greater. I don't care what you're doing. If your life cycle involves going to breakfast every morning at the same place because that's your routine and that's your life, Jesus is inviting you to transform that morning breakfast into the biggest ministry that Baltimore City has. To use your boat. Now, in order to use your boat, you're going to have to stop for a second and take a pause. You're going to have to stop doing what you always do every day, day in, day out. Stop your routine. Stop your cycle. Give it a moment and allow God to speak to you. You have to make room for him. You see, if the boat is out in the deep waters, Jesus can't get out there. Well, he can. He walks on water, but normally he doesn't do that. He waits till you come to the shore, waits for you to get out of the boat, waits for you to toil and to trouble, waits for you to get exhausted, and then he says, now you want my help? Because that's usually how we are, not just Americans, human beings. We wait until we've tried every possible thing, and then we ask for God to help. It's no different in ministry. That's why when you come to me for ministry, I don't say, yeah, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this right away, start plugging you in. No, no, we allow God to speak to you, to encourage you and to inspire you, and that's what this message is about. You see, he intends to take over what you have, in this case the boat, and to repurpose it for something else. In this case, he repurposed it for a classroom. Church, what do you have today in your life that needs to be repurposed? What do you have that you're putting your hand to, that you're putting your mind to, that you're putting your time to, that doesn't honor God? Whatever it is, you may think you need to run away from it. You may think you need to get away from it. You may think you've, you have failed. You are not a failure today. Just because you have failed does not make you a failure. A failure is those who repeat those failures over and over and over again. Today is the morning to recognize those things that do not honor God and to repurpose it. Whether it's your time, your computer, your phone, your friends, your finances, God is wanting to be introduced to it and then to do something very awesome. You see, he invites you in. He's a gentleman. He won't take control of your life unless you ask him to. And then he said, push it out into the water. Let's use this boat for what it's used for. Let's put it into the water and watch how I can share my word with you. But then look what happens. Let's keep reading. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper, say deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. This is an amazing part of the story. Jesus Christ is saying to you today, that once you take the time to listen to him, let him finish what he has to say to you and do in your life, he's going to take the very thing in your life and use it for what it was designed to do. And he's going to take that boat that he just repurposed and he's going to put it right back into the job it was always meant to do, and that is catching fish. And this time, he's going to do it in a far deeper way. You see, Jesus Christ is telling you today he wants to take you deeper. What does it take to go deeper with him? Well, first, it requires you to make room for him in your life. Let him step in your boat. Then it requires you to listen. Ever seen the YouTube, listen, Linda? Listen, Linda. Listen to Jesus. Be quiet 
you can't hear, press in. If you can't hear, press in. If you can't hear, press in. If people around you are bugging you, get them out of the way and press in. If Facebook is too loud, turn it off and press in. If the news is too loud, turn it off and press in. If the phone is too loud, turn it off and press in. Find a closet, turn out the lights, get on your knees and press in. I mean, that's what I do. It may not work for you, but give it a shot. You'd be surprised. Let him speak to you. Then, miraculously, he may take things in your life and use them in a way you never intended them to be used. Just like him turning the boat into a classroom, he may start to do some things that make you uncomfortable, say some things to you that get you out of your comfort zone, use some things in your life in a way that you want and want to use them because they're yours and you hug them and you, you shine your, your things in your life, your schedule, your, your items, your, your life, and, and you don't want anybody to intervene. But Jesus is going to shake all that up. And then when he's done, he's going to say, now let me show you how to do it right. I don't know what you were doing last night, but let me show you how to do it right. Let's go deeper. You know, Peter, you're a fisherman. You're a professional fisherman, one of the best on the shore. You make your living fishing. You know all the tricks of the trade. You know how to do it better than others. But you know what? Last night, you failed. Last night, you didn't catch any fish, Peter. Now, here I am, just a teacher, just a prophet. I knew nothing about fishing. But I'm going to take you deeper if you follow me. So he presses off. And he goes into the water. Why? Why the need to go deeper? Why did he say go deeper? You see, church, God wants you to reach your full potential. He wants you to be the best that you can be at what you are and who you are. Not what this world says you are. Not what others say you are. Not what the neighborhood says you are. Not what your culture says you are. Not what history says you are. Not what circumstance says you are. But who he says you are. And he wants to take your potential to another level by going with him. He wants to take you deeper. And he takes Peter out into the waters. And look what it says. Now go out to where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Verse 5, it says, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. Let me read. We worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. What's going on here? Well, anyone who's ever spoke to God before knows exactly what's happening here. It's time for excuses. What do you mean, God? I'm going to go out and do... Do you not realize that I'm a professional and I know what I'm doing and there's no fish here today? You get that, right? I've tried it over and over and over. I worked hard last night, Jesus. It's time for me to rest now. Can't you just do it? You guys ever had those prayers before? I got nothing left in me, Jesus. It's the wrong time of day. It's the wrong, it's, it's, everything about this is wrong. It's not how you do it. You ever told God that? How about in your ministry? You ever have your ministry set up a certain way and want to do it a certain way? And God wants to change it all around and you get uncomfortable with that? He worked hard all night. There's one more thing I have to say here. Some of you today are listening. Some of you are here today. And you have put your hand to things of God before. And you have toiled. And you have tried. And what you hoped that would come out of it never came to pass. You tried hard. 
You honored God. You believed that God was going to honor your work, your faithfulness. And yet, what happened wasn't what you expected. I am here to tell you to say, do you think it's over? Last time I checked, you have breath. Last time I checked, you have life. Last time I checked, you're here today. When Jesus speaks to you, the same things that we have done in the past can be transformed by just one more time. What's the difference? But if you say so. But if you say so. Master, we worked hard all last night, didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. God is desperately saying so to some of you. And saying, we need you to let some nets down again. He is saying, we need your help. We need your help in our ministries around this church. We need your help painting this church, fixing the walls in this church, helping us with the roof of this church. We need your help praying for this church in our prayer room. We need your help worshiping with this church when other people don't know how to do it. We need your help greeting when people come through that door and I don't get a chance to get to them. We need your help calling people throughout the week and asking them how they're doing. We need help being a family together, church. We can't do it together unless we do it together. But there's excuses, plenty of them. I've tried that, I've done that, it didn't work. Ten years ago when so-and-so was here, we did it this way. But if you say so, I can handle those attitudes as long as they're followed up with, but if you say so. See, that's submission, that's obedience. Same work, new result. What changed? What changed? Same thing. Peter's doing the exact same thing. The exact same thing. And look what happens. It says, I'll let the net down. And this time the nets were so filled full of fish they began to tear. A shot for help brought their partners with the other boat. Now there's two boats. And soon both boats were filled with fish that they were on the verge of sinking. You see, when God says, but, when God's but gets in your life. Yeah, that's funny. When God's but gets in your life, but with God, nothing is impossible. When God begins to intervene, he wants to do something so miraculous. He wants to fill your emptiness. He knows that every one of us are trying so hard at the things we put our hand to in the course of our days because most of us are empty. Most of us aren't fulfilled. Most of us need validation. And our validation comes from others or it comes from a bank account or it comes from an activity or it comes from praise on the outside. But God wants to fill you up and tell you how wonderfully and humbly you have been made. He wants to take that which is empty and he wants to overflow you. What does this mean? This means for you today, if you are here and you're still learning about God, if you're still trying to figure out what is all this Jesus stuff about, it basically means coming up and raise your hands and singing. No, God is saying that he wants to meet you at your level. He wants to meet you on your day-to-day, -day, on the way you can understand it. It's why we do church so different every week. We try to do it in different ways to reach different people because God is trying to meet your need on a basic level. He is trying, in this case, this wasn't something super spiritual. These people People needed fish. They needed money. They needed food. God provided it. Do you not see that? This is what he wants to do. He wants to meet you at your day-to-day. -day. This is the God who knows who you are and loves you so much that he wants to fill you up to the overflowing. Are you following me, church? This is the God we serve. Now, it requires you to pause. It requires you to abandon your day-to-day. -day. It requires you to take a step back, invite Jesus in. It requires you to sit and press in and listen to him. 
And then it requires you to go out and go deeper with him. If you're willing to do all of those things, he will provide. There's many stories sitting amongst us right now who if I asked to give a testimony, they would share the same thing in miraculous ways. Jobs, cars, promotion. And not that God is about jobs and cars and promotion, but we need these things to survive in this world to some extent. And God is in the business of blessing those who press in and listen and are obedient and love him. And the testimonies in this place would bring tears to every eye. And we'll continue to share them throughout the year because we have some in the midst even as we speak. Then look what happens. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me, for I am such a sinful man. Why did he say this? Why did he say this? For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught. And as were the others that were with him, his partners, James and John, do you see, this is, I, I was trying to think of a way to explain this to you, and I don't know. I mean, if you're, in, if you're in sales or you have your own business and you've been praying and asking God to bring sales and business your way and you've called the same clients a hundred times, they've said no, this is like calling that client one more time and them saying not just yes, but I'm going to triple your business. But that's what this is like. Right, this is like going to your boss saying, I need a raise a thousand times and him saying, no, don't ever ask me again. And you going again, he says, not only am I gonna give you a raise, I'm gonna promote you two levels up. I mean, that's what this is like. And not just for you, but for the two guys standing next to you. I mean, this is amazing. And he's doing it for the two guys just because they were there. Why does God show this power? Now, often I get this. Why doesn't God do things like this today? He does do things like this today. Why don't you hear about him? You know, I have an interesting idea about this because God is showing his power all the time here at the altar. But when I read the scripture, it made it so clear why God is showing his power today. He demonstrates his power, not to everyone. He demonstrates his power in unique circumstances, particularly in this day and age. You know when he demonstrates his power? When you get responses like this. Oh, Lord, please leave me, for I am such a sinful man. You see, when God can be aware that you are willing to submit to him, when you are willing to humble yourself before him, when you come to the conclusion that there is no one else that can help you but him. You see, Peter couldn't catch his own fish. The pro failed all night long with all his friends and buddies. He did not catch a thing. And yet the next day with Jesus Christ, the one man who could help him, he caught two boats worth. Why did God do that? Because at the end of the day, Peter humbled himself before God and said, help me. I am not worthy of your presence. If you today were to see God's presence, would you humble yourself? The Holy Spirit knows the answer to this. What is your answer? If God met you and met your need in a miraculous way, would you fall on your knees and give him glory and honor? Or would you shed a tear and share it on Facebook as some coincidence? Because what God is looking for is for you to recognize that the only power in the United States of America that you should be honoring is that of his right hand, Jesus Christ. Power. I pray for the day. The pastors in this church pray for the day. The board prays for the day. 
The people associated with this church, spiritual leaders, fathers, advisors, pray for the day. Pastors who used to be a part of Kingsway, pray for the day that these altars are filled again with those seeking God in such a way that he is demonstrating his signs and wonders in miraculous ways. Does it happen today? Yes. Yes, people have come to this altar. We have seen people healed of chronic headaches, people's arms being healed. We have seen cancer be removed from a woman, stage three cancer, right here. We saw it just last year. We've seen people get job offers where they had no opportunity. We've seen people get homes where there was no possibility. We've seen amazing miracles happen right here. And instead of these people going out and, and shouting and telling all the world how great they are, they've humbled themselves and said how great God is. And we need more of them. We need more people to go deeper with Christ than just a select few. And the amazing part of this particular story is the miracles happened after. They happened after they followed Jesus. After they humbled before Jesus. After they invited Jesus in. After they listened to Jesus. After they went deeper with Jesus. This morning, I am trying to get you to understand this word. On verse 10, it says his partners, James and John. Say partners. It's there. It's written. It's written in verse 7. A shout help brought the partners. In verse 10, his partners were there. James, John, Peter, James and John. I don't have time, not nearly enough time to get into the meaning of what it means to partner. But what you need to understand is you have an opportunity here in Kingsway Christian Center. You have an opportunity to be a Peter, or to be a partner. Either one will allow God to move miraculously in your life. Not every, you, not every one of you will be a Peter. Not every one of you will be a partner. And we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. But what you can do, every one of you, is you can experience Jesus. Pastor, do that Jesus replied to Simon don't be afraid from now you'll no longer be fishing the way you've always intended to do it but now I will take your life and I will transform it into a ministry you couldn't possibly imagine I will take the skills and desires of your heart and I will use them in a way you've never possibly imagined them to be used I will use them to expand the very kingdom of heaven here on earth I will make you fishermen of men don't be afraid and as soon as they landed they left everything and followed Jesus Church, the formula is simple. The formula is simple. Stop what you're doing today. Include him in everything. Let him in to your boat. Let him in to your home. Let him in to your family. Let him in to your relationships. 
the broken and struggling ones, the ones that are failing. That's what happened to these boats. They failed. Let them into those situations in your life that are dark, those situations that don't have hope. Let them in. And then, don't tell them what to do. Let them in and listen. Be still and know that he is God. Listen to what he has to say. And don't interrupt him until he is finished, it said in verse 4. And then when he's finished, obey him. If he says push out, then you push out. If he says go right, then you go right. If he says go left, then you go left. If he says move here, go here. If he says go there, go there. If he says give this, give that. Don't question, just do. And don't be afraid. Fear not, for God is with you. And the most important thing I can share with you today of all of this That if he blesses your job, if he blesses your ministry, if he blesses your family, if he blesses your church, if he blesses everything about you, it is to no consequence unless you are able to follow him. I don't want the best ministries of all the churches in the area here at Kingsway. What I want is the best Christians that can follow Jesus Christ the ministries will come. Your ministries will come. You don't need to be the best. You don't need to be the trained. You don't need to be the the smartest. You don't need to be the most competent. What you need to be is the most desperate to follow God. The rest we can work on. And that requires you to go deeper. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.